on this very special episode of Carolina Sports Talk. We've got some NFL talk for you. We've got a little NBA. What's going on with the Warriors? HBCU football and so much more. Let's go. Another all new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. As always, it is my privilege to bring to you the very best in sports news media presentations. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. And next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net or the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. You can also hit us up on social media at Carolina Sports Talk. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. It has been a week in sports. It's a whole lot going on, man. I, I just I just I just need some help going ahead and digest this. So without further ado, let me welcome in my main man and yours, DJ High Star. What's goody with it, bro? Come on, welcome back. Welcome back. Listen, man, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left them. Without dope beat to step to. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm glad to be back. I really want to, first of all, give a shout out to you and uh, Eric Tyner, our Panther reporter. Y'all held it down while the boy was gone, man. Threw a couple of shots, which was cool. But nonetheless, you know what I mean? Y'all y'all did your thing, and I really greatly appreciate it, man. So uh, we're excited to have uh, an opportunity to be back in the studio, man. Without, like, it's almost like, yo, I've been gone so long. Is there going to be sports to talk about? But I guess the Panther said, Hold my bear. We know you're going to need something to talk about when you get back, Big Cliff. So uh, we're going to give you some news. But before we jump into that, what you say? Let's holler at the folks with some scores, bro. Yeah, let's get it. All right. Starting off last Thursday in the clunker of all clunkers, the Colts knock off the Bolts, the Bolts, the Broncos 12 to 9. Sunday uh, football games were started off with the New York Giants taking care of the Packers 27-22. Patriots over the Lions 21 to nothing. Chargers over the Browns 30 to 28. Texans over the Jaguars 13 to 6. The Buccaneers take care of the Falcons 21-15. The Bills down the Steelers 38 to 3. Jets over the Dolphins 40 to 17. I didn't see that one coming. Can't say that I did. Vikings over the Bears 29-22. Commanders fall to the Titans 21-17. The Saints over the Seahawks 39-33. The Carolina Panthers with a woeful experience 15-37 falling to the 49ers. The Eagles stay undefeated taking care of the Cardinals 20-17. Cowboys over the Rams 22-10 setting up a matchup with them and the undefeated Eagles next week. We'll talk about that in a moment. The Ravens over the Bengals 19-17. And in Monday Night Football, the Chiefs with a comeback win over the Las Vegas Raiders, 30-29. to 29. High star. All of that football, man. This is this has been probably one of the best seasons in some time, bro. Tell me, which of those games stood out to you? Which ones you want to jump into first, man? Um, I don't want to spend too much time at all on the Indianapolis game, but the score is indicative of definitely, like, no – 
no touchdowns or trips to the end zone. It's boring, boring game. But um, uh, the the Buccaneers game definitely against the Falcons. Um, I heard you say that you didn't see the Jets thing coming. I kind of did uh, personally. Uh, you know, of course, picked them um, last week, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. Uh, we'll get into I mean, the records in a minute. The, I was about to say because it's not even, <laughs> not at all braggadociously yeah. saying that in any way. Um, but nevertheless, the uh, the Tom Brady Buccaneers game and then the Dallas game, and definitely a heck of a game on Monday night because, again, that was that was a, a pick 'em where you pretty much watching all the way up until the last play or whatnot to see and, and you and I were on different sides of that. So it was mm-hmm. like to see to see where where it was gonna go or whatever like that. And there's a difference between going five hundred and in and the pickums and, and getting a little a little bit of room. But but let's start off with the Tom Brady thing real quick if we could. Okay, go for it. Um, game is twenty one to fifteen is is what the final score was. Last pretty much made it the last drive of the game but he's uh oh man i see the the, the referee's name is stood out to me because it's jerome but jerome bogey Boger, bogey yeah the defender's name that that ran tom brady down pretty much i'm trying to think of that but not, nevertheless he wraps tom brady up in the uh just as if he was wrapping up a christmas gift really like it was the mo it was one of the milder tackles that you'll see you know in grady jarrett in football period exactly your man jarrett grady jarrett so um as he does that tom brady's on top of him pause and so he has to get him down and continues the tackle follows Mm -hmm. through kind of to get him down and and then when he does that tom brady kind of gets uh started his tantrum with with kicking with like and nobody says nothing about that as far as the refs or nothing, but <laughs> he really threw his leg up like ah! like to try to almost saying like get off me like right like when he because he did it like angrily but then gets up and gets immediately in the uh, ref's face as tom and likes to as do as soon as he does right as soon as he does that they call a rough in the passer on um on jared on garrett rather uh but what the the thing that made me mad about Jared. it is it was definitely stole an opportunity away from the Falcons to at least compete and, and try to take a shot at tying the game up or taking the lead in that game. So it was it was literally a Tom Brady call. It was literally like a gift wrap call for Tom. And that, you know, I <clears throat> some people see it as a post a post to a situation where people were being sensitive about that type of stuff but it was it was just like i felt for the bucks fans even though i'm a panthers fan in that moment or the falcons fans rather even though i'm a panthers fan in that moment it just really was robbery with no gun absolutely and there are going to be those who say oh it was the right call and oh there are others who say oh because it was tom brady but it was the first of a few questionable roughing the passer calls so much so that in the league meetings this upcoming week they are looking to address it now whether or not there will be a rule change against it or anything like that that remains to be seen there was a Kansas City defender who was called again uh, called for one in their game and he very clearly had one hand under the quarterback so much so that he was able to to take the ball away 
um, and and still was called for the roughing the passer. I think his suggestion is probably the best that they need to go ahead and take a look at and make that a reviewable call. Uh, we understand that there are certain penalties uh, that can be and have been recently swapped over into the reviewable side, namely the pass interference. This one needs to be one to be able to be safe and, and secure. It needs to be one too because they can call it and 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 in the safety of protecting the quarterback, review it to make sure. And if there's something that their naked eye wasn't able to see, I think that's the best case of scenario to kind of push them forward to make sure that they're getting it accurate. Because again, that cost the Falcons possibly a chance to win that game. Um, luckily, it did not backfire with the Kansas City Chiefs or in any of the other games that it was called. But um, definitely something that could de- determine the outcome of a game. And so, anything of that higher nature. We want to make sure that we're getting it right. Now, you mentioned uh, the Thursday night game that kind of stood out. And, and for me, uh, it was the fact that, first of all, it was a trash game. Like you mentioned, no offensive touchdowns. It had all these records for the first time with two quarterbacks who had done so much and never done it. But it was the fact that the Broncos, in with less than a minute and a half, had the game won. They were they were down, excuse me, they were up 9-6 and gave – them, they essentially gave the game away with Russell Wilson. Um, I really wanted to call him Russell, West, Russell Westbrook just now. But with Russell Wilson throwing a pick to your man, uh, former Panther, former Patriot. Um, oh, my goodness. It's time for the fines. Listen, let's put like, calls. Yeah, yeah. Don't even scratch your head on this one. And uh, from Rock Hill, I'm looking at him with his 5 o'clock shadow in the dreads, went to Carolina. Um, Gilmore. To Stephon Gilmore, so he threw the, the threw the pick to him, gave them a chance to drive down, tie it to take it to overtime, and then of course, in true fashion, they lost the game. It was miserable for me to watch, especially because it was the first game where I selected the Broncos to win. And on a Thursday night, I was like, I'm now zero and one after going thirteen right. and three the week before. I'm starting off this starting terribly. Off. <laughs> so yeah. it was almost like you had called into the Buffalo Wild Wings kicker. Uh, let's get into overtime. You know what I mean? It just, but it was trash. That so, I did. Whomever that I called in. Yes, I was about to say because I picked Denver as well. Oh, it then it I, wasn't you. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, didn't even, nah, I didn't even pick the Colts. Ah, uh, yeah, but no, nah, that one. So that started the week off did trash for me. Did you see the? Um, did you see Richard Sherman's commentary on it? No, what did he say? It just looked like he was having like a glitch in the matrix and a flashback, <laughs> like a PTSD type. The what? He was like, he was like, I mean, run the ball, run the ball. You run the football. I don't see why. Just run the ball. And it was like, dog, are you talking about? Y'all? He had a flashback. <laughs> he mad. With, listen, and he mad at Russell. He had that flush flashback right. to his teammate Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's wild to yeah, me. Man. It definitely was. The Patriots game, um, with the Lions being as competitive offensively as they've been this year, I know they're a little bit banged up, but I did not see them getting blanked. Um, Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, with the shutout, definitely I didn't see the shutout happening, but on the show, I am proud of, you know how you shape your predictions and kind of put your your um, expertise behind a prediction or whatever. I'm 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 proud of the expertise I put behind that. As like broke it down as they're in New England. Mm-hmm. Belichick will find a way to control the time of possession and is you know stuff is recorded. Ah, uh, uh, this guy is recorded. Not, it's, it's, it's evidence out there. Receipts. I didn't see the defense and special teams kind of. 
commanding all of those scores. And um, one thing about the defensive scores is when you're scoring, you're making you're you're um, you're giving a, a pretty much a proverbial blow to pause like a, a punch in the gut Yo. to the opposing um to the opposing offense at the same exactly. time. Do you see what I'm saying? So like if, if you're courted like if you um Josh Allen against Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes is on the field and he scores, Josh Allen might be more souped up and motivated mm-hmm. to go out there and score. When the defense scores on you, it's like taking all of the wind out of your Yeah, it's a double it, exactly. like for the offense. So like I think that that um contributed to the shutout, the fact that they had those defensive and, and special team scores in that game. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into HBCU football, but a team when the offense isn't necessarily at full strength and or having a bad game, for your defense to be not only paying like you to, to much to your point playing at a high level like that, as well as being in a position to keep the offense on the field longer, letting them get whatever they need to get together, and you're giving them a buffer with points, and the defense gets to go back out there and play, and your special teams is, like, scoring. Yeah, no, it's, that's a whole different ball game, and that's when a team is clicking on multiple cil- uh, cylinders and allowing them to kind of dominate their will on others. Now, you also, we mentioned uh, the Dolphins and the Jets game. I did pick the Dolphins in that one. I did catch a L um I did not see also which is a part of the game them losing another quarterback to concussions um I don't know if this is indicative of something with regards to the equipment that they got down there in Dolph in uh Miami or if like the offensive line just is like yo when we ain't blocking we ain't blocking or or what's going on but it's it's something that they need to be attentive of they will be uh as recently announced today they will be starting a rookie for their game next week. And so the Dolphins, man, is hmm, not looking real, real went, good down went, there in Miami. Yeah, it went from it went from sugar to real quick. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> to sugar to quick. quick. Yes, sir. Yeah. Whole time. Um, and and I don't know what they're gonna do, bro. Yeah, I I think this is more or less not damage control, but them being precautious after the tour situation. And, and don't get me wrong. He, he was, he was concussed or, or probably concussed, but it was like, nah, we're going to definitely do this thing. The textbook way. And there's no way that he's coming back. Nah, like, if like if anytime. some semblance of a chance resembled itself, they was like, yeah, nah, bro, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if, like you know, Murph. If you you heard of Murphy's Law before, mm-hmm. that's kind that of can. what the Dolphins are going through, right? So they're like, you know, we'll we'll go out there and start Teddy. You're not coming in in the middle of a game. You got a full week of preparation, game prep. You know that you're going to be the starter. Perfect. You know, we just got to hope that nothing goes wrong because it couldn't possibly like, <laughs> <laughs> something went wrong. Exactly. So, yeah, that was that was that's tough for the Dolphins fans, but. Oh well, I mean the season we have, and I'm like, as far as as far as fans go, you know, prayers up to the players, Tua and Teddy. But as far as the fans go, oh well, join the join the crowd, buddy. Misery loves company, and boy, are we miserable right now. But just before we get into that, I did want to talk about uh, one other game. Well, two other games, really, especially because of the matchup that it presents this week. The Rams 
fell to the Cowboys. I was ready after that game to talk about how terrible the Rams were looking and how Matt Stafford is a shell of himself. But much like with any other instance, you, when, when you're down on yourself like that, you need a pick-me-up. In college football, you often find that the, the bigger schools will schedule some cupcake schools or get some money games for HBCUs to kind of pick themselves up. And the Rams, they host the Carolina Panthers next week. So I don't think the Rams are going to be too much uh, – <laughs> Right. <laughs> Whatever they need to figure out, they'll be able to figure out with Charlotte, uh, with the Panthers coming into town uh, to Cooper LA. Cup is going to moonwalk. Oh my god! Because he, oh my gosh! Because even with regards, to, and we'll talk about this in a second. Even with all of the defensive players that we got, and all these cats that all these guys that are out there like balling out up until this point, I think the writing's on the wall, and a lot of these guys are going to be like, "Yo, I'm playing for a contract someplace else. I'm playing to." either not get traded and or if I do get traded, yo, somebody who's trying to win a Super Bowl, come and get me. So um, we'll talk about that again, but the Rams will be all right. The yeah. Cowboys looked good, especially with Cooper at the quarterback position. Um, Eagles undefeated. Cowboys-Eagles next week is going to be a heck right. of a so, game. They undefeated by taking down the Cardinals who just cards. beat us right. last week. <laughs> exactly. But I... um my mind works in weird ways and stuff or whatever. And I'm like, wow, the two NFC East teams stomping on two NFC West teams. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it, like how, how be easy picked the Steeler. I mean, the Browns the other week or whatever like that. And we both picked the uh, NFC South team. I think it might've been the Bucks or the, or the Fal- or the Falcons or somebody. It was, it might've been the Bucks, but, um, it's the same way. Like it, it was just funny that the NFC West had to take those L's this week in both uh both games against the East. Kind of the games playing simultaneously mm-hmm. and against NFC East teams. Like so it was like nothing to cheer for. And I happen to pick both NFC West teams in those games and I pick them. Mm. <laughs> but to your point. To your point, as far as next week's game, I see you. I see you, your mind churning. But to your point, <laughs> next week's game, um, does is this a Russell Wilson situation uh, out there in Dallas? Where if Cooper, what happens in other words, if Cooper Cup beats the Eagles? If Cooper Cup, mm, if Cooper Cup be- beats the Eagles, Dakota Rain Prescott will still come and get his starting position when he is healthy. Because as good as Cooper Rush has been, or let's let's say that because he's not been good, right, as mistake free as he's been, that's what a lot has allowed them. He's just doing the job. That the star of that team is by far the defense for me. Um, the, the the level that they're playing at. Michael Parsons looks every bit of the best defensive player in the league right now, um, and, and that's playing through injuries. Just with the intuity that he has, the speed that he has, he is the next generation of linebacker in the line in the National Football League. It's just. Point blank what it is. He's rangy. He has a nose for the ball. He is able to dissect and diagnose offenses instinctively, bro. And it's like the calls that he makes to his teammates, the positions that he puts them in, and then his ability just athletically to overcome any of the mistakes that he makes and then learn from them and be in better position the next time. I hate to say it because I I, I, I like the kid coming out. I liked him and uh, Nicobe Dean um, out of Georgia, but he's the best defensive player in the league. And you coupled that with who they got on the back end. They're nice. The one, two punch that they have in the offensive backfield with Tony Pollard, which is who, who is balling out this year. And, um, 
and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, to your point, he's, he's running, he's running and running the offense. And I just hate the term and stuff because it's so used, but managing the game, being a game manager at the best, that mm-hmm. really the epitome of right now. This reminds me very much so of the Kyle Allen days when Cam was hurt. And it's like, oh, well, do we put him in when Kyle, when he, and then it's like, give us some time. They will be exposed. Now, I, I'm not just not to bury the lead. I actually did pick the Cowboys to beat the Eagles this week, but it's with the assumption, like I said, that it will be the defense. Um, now, if the Eagles win, I won't be surprised, but I'm, I got an itching feeling it's going to be the Cowboys over that one next week. Um, so all of that being said and done, there was a game, um, early that was held this past Sunday between the Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers. The Panthers uh, gave the illusion that they came to play football and then was like, nah, nah, just playing. We ain't really come to play in a ball today and ended up losing 37, gotcha. 15, right. Um, and as a result, coach Matt rule was fired. Um, give me your initial reactions, thoughts, about the firing of Matt Rule. Our initial reaction is that there's no sound effects. But um nah, it's all right. It's all good. You know what I mean? How do I get out of here? You know what? You know what? Just for you, my dog. I I I got you. A little, little something for Matt Rule on the way out, for, man. I was about to say, not for me. I got a whole other thing on. Matt Rule, you came in on a sermon. Energizing all the Panthers fans. You told us to trust the process that it was all in your hands. What we didn't realize was what you was going to do. After year one, we had faith, but we gave up after year two. You started in year three and it was really kind of crappy. Now I'm, I'm spitting this rhyme. No matter how sappy. You're going to continue on with a whole bunch of money. So when I call asking for some, don't be acting funny. From all the Panthers fans all around the world. So long, Matt Rule. We'll see you in college, dog. <laughs> Bro, so... I, I like Matt. He was cool. Shout out to me for, for the for the. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear it no more. But shout out to, to the to the boys and men. That was off the top of the dome too. Freestyle bars. Go ahead. <laughs> I got my song for him. Okay, what's your song? Wow, that's your song, bro. Facts hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Listen, man. <laughs> um. Nah, but you say some takeaways from it. Uh, definitely, I don't know mentally how to feel if I'm Baker Mayfield because your track record and the <laughs> getting coaches know, run out of that precedes you. Yeah, exactly. You you know what I mean. You getting you becoming you you becoming a household name for getting coaches fired and stuff coach like killer. That. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly the coach killer. Um. This is another thing that I mean, and it, uh, we can okay. Let's just just table the the Matt Rule <laughs> thing for a second. But I, I mentioned this to our fraternity group, our little group chat this week, and um, and I uh, my LB, my very own LB, kind of met me with contention 
which he often does, and people just don't want to listen to the words that DJ <laughs> Highstar says. But I said one of the things that um, one of the problems that we have, in mm-hmm. other words, that we have in uh, Carolina is that we don't have a true home field advantage. Whenever we have these away games, I mean, whenever these games come, they seem more like we're playing at a neutral stadium, like it's a Super Bowl <laughs> stadium. Because like now, now this past week, Sea of Red, bro. That it I wasn't. I'm about to say it wasn't even a neutral stadium. site. It was a. It was a San Francisco was home a game sea away. Sea of Red. Um, we we often just play host to. Uh, either fans that uh, in that Carolina region, North and South, that have been fans of these historical teams, these legacy built uh, teams that have built the legacies, i.e., your Pittsburgh Steelers, New England uh, Patriots, Dallas Cowboys, um, you know. But even these younger teams and and you know the Seattle Seahawks of the world have a pretty good fan base out here. You got mm-hmm. a lot of you know Tennessee fans within the uh, Carolina region or whatever like that. And the list goes on and on. Um, so it that, of course, yeah, Atlanta Falcons fans and stuff like that. So I was bringing that up to our group, and I was just saying, like, you know, pretty much that that is, it may be a contributing factor to just, it's just another thing to heap on, in other words. You know what I'm saying? It's not OC-related. It's not coaching-related or play, plays on the field. But it is something that I'm not happy about as a cat. <laughs> like, I don't be excited to go to Panther games and see a bunch of Browns fans surrounding me or whatever like that. Like, that's not too fun whenever I'm in Bank of America. Right. So to, to respond to that directly, Charlotte by its nature is a melting pot city. It is the third largest banking industry in the United States, only behind San Francisco and New York City. There are a lot of people in Charlotte who aren't from Charlotte. Not from. Absolutely. Now, you couple that with the fact that NFL football in the city of Charlotte is still only 26 years old. Young. Absolutely. Um, those facts combined mean that there are a lot of people who have for a long time, in many instances, most of their lives, loved football and been fans of other teams. There are some in my section 123 within the stadium that are hardcore and for most of their lives and they're 60 years old, which so literally as long as I've been alive, they were fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then when the Panthers came into the, uh, into Charlotte, well, Hey, it's the team. We're going to root for the home team. We here, we're Charlotte teens. Now let's rock for Charlotte. Let's rock for the Panthers. And so they bought their PSLs. They are fans of the Panthers, except when they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, 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 and I understand that because, you know, it is what it is. Winning creates a culture that allows fans to want to be involved. The Roaring Riot was founded and given the opportunity to help to try to change the culture of Carolina Panthers fans. And for a long time, starting with the early years of Cam Newton, a dynamic, a polarizing, a, a larger than life figure who was very much designed towards, hey, I want to create a culture. I am a part of this community. We gonna have the Panthers so much so that he would literally. There was an instance that he was on um, in a lot of people's fire for snatching a sign off that said, "Oh, jump zone for the Green Bay." No, this is Charlotte. This is Bank of America Stadium. Without the players, without there being some type of culture that's established and not just established, but driven consistently, it's going to consistently be that where you'll have other teams outnumbering the Panthers fans in the stands. So all of that really just comes down to the culture and, and, and winning. Now, that leads me to 
the next side of it. How do we get to a position that we win? Um, and and and, and <sighs> got my answer. Huh? Switch out baby hands. Baby hands. Mayfield needs to go. Jimmy Garoppolo showed you what he could do. Blech. Go ahead and compete. Exactly. There's what what do we have? What is there out there in the market right now to grab up? Now, again, there there's been, you know, the pontifications and mm-hmm. conspiracies going on that, hey, uh, maybe if Cooper Rush keeps doing a great job and then that'll but yeah, there's no there's None. In, there's exactly unless there's a great prospect coming up um quarterback wise that we could set our sights for i don't see anything happening without a paradigm shift at the quarterback position i'll 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 see your quarterback position paradigm shift and raise you one that the culture of the carolina panthers needs to change now i'm gonna take my time the same culture that you no 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 no. because the the one that cam newton the camp, the one that Cam Newton established was the one that I was leaning on and the one that during the preseason that I was hoping would show up. But that's not what's here. That's not what's in the stands, in, in the stadium. That's not what's on the sidelines with the coaching staff. It's not what's there with the players. And it is most certainly not what's there in ownership. This So old optimistic Oscar is turning into realistic Randy. Oh, without doubt. Without doubt. There is, there is no... Film Friday. over my eyes. There is no cotton and rainbows and rose sunshine and rose. None of it. You feel me? And at this point, the only thing that is going to change the Carolina Panthers themselves is the decision of David Tepper to get out of his own way and let somebody else run this organization. And here's why I say this. Firing the coach was the first step towards making this franchise better. Will it solve the problems that we have this season? Absolutely not. Will it position us to be able to be solved for next season and the future? Yes. I believe that the thing, the greatest thing that has been plaguing this organization during the David Tepper um, years and or experience or whatever you want to call it has been lack of winning culture. The players that we had here had a taste of it. They had an experience of it, but we got our first time new owner. We had a first time GM and a first time coach. There are small intricacies in the game of football that make you that much better prepared to execute. Teddy Bridgewater, when he left Charlotte, talked about how they didn't run goal line packages except through walkthroughs on Saturdays before a game. Those types of things that other teams are practicing every week and or in implementing and or haven't already established because, hey, the coach knows, hey, I need to make sure that you guys have the physical reps to be ready with this. Red zone offense is pretty important. It's something that uh, those types of things that need to be established. Unless you are a winning coach, unless you are an experienced coach, those are the types of types of things that you wouldn't know to do unless you've been there. If you take a look at teams like, and, and I got to give a shout out to Yoshi because I told him and I would, the New York Giants, who are at four and one, largely with many of the same players that were trash and garbage last year. What's the difference? They've got a coach who has been a part of a willing, winning environment who now knows how to take and implement those things and make that practice what it is. If you look at the Buffalo Bills, 
their coach, their GM, they left from that time, that Cam Newton era of a winning culture here in Charlotte and said, we know what it takes and we're going to establish those things and make them happen here. That's what is frustrating about this David Tepper era. If even Brandon Bean, excuse me, uh, the current GM to an extent, he has a, an example and or some experience having been around the Seahawks. But when you've got an owner who has only been around and never in an owning facility or capacity, he was a part owner in the Steelers. So he's used to winning, but he wasn't there day to day operating as an owner to know the steps necessary or having hired the right people to put in position to move himself out of it to say, hey, you know what you're doing. You have the experience. Bring me a championship. Whatever else you need, I'll do, but I trust you. He put too much of that faith in Matt Rule, and although Matt Rule had a plan, it was a plan that was based without the experience. I was a believer. I, I wholeheartedly accepted, admitted, and recognized it, that I was a believer in Matt Rule. I bought into the preaching. I bought into all of that and the hype without looking at the reality that he had no prior examples of how to do it. Now, does that mean that's the only way to do it? No. But if someone has ex- has proven and shown themselves hey i know what it takes i have done it i i can do it again this is what i need to replicate this is how i'll change it to be up to date with what's going on now let's go and let's execute it the next coach doesn't need to be some college coach some flashy i wouldn't even recommend going the way of an assistant unless they have head coaching experience someone along the lines i've, I've heard of um uh what's your, your the coordinator um uh, down in tampa this. we're not doing this Listen, I, <laughs> the quarterback for Marshall, the played his um, ball in um, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, thank going, you. I'm not going to be your Ginkgo Paloba, bro. That's what. We're listen, not doing it. Listen, listen, now, make it happen. Look, go so, ahead, go ahead, finish your point. Go ahead and land, bro, because you you <laughs> on this diatribe uh, sermon right now. I can't even get my joke off. Go listen, ahead. no, because no, it's time out for the jokes in Charlotte. Exactly. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to get. All right, since you want to go there, it is time out to, for mediocrity. I am sick and tired of cheering for a team that does not respect its fans enough to go out and put a winning product on the field. Point blank, period. Now, at this point, I understand that the rest of the season is what it is. But if David Tepper intends to continue to operate a a, a franchise that will be profitable. He needs to put wins on the field, point blank, period, because you have loyalists, fans who have been fans for years, who are sick and tired of it. Cam Newton ain't walking through the door. Let me and let me reiterate that. Cam Newton better not walk through the door. You hear me? Um, <laughs> David Tepper, whomever else, all of y'all listening, don't y'all bring Cam back. Oh, well, let's get Cam. He'll get some seats. In. No, because if you bring Cam, I'm personally putting up a stop the Carolina Panthers from ruining themselves. But ultimately, and, and I'm a, like you said, land the ship, land the plane. David Tepper's faults and everything that has happened falls at his feet. Picking the wrong coach, letting certain players walk that could very well have established a, a history and a legacy here and help build the culture. Not fulfilling the promises of the Rock Hill facility for whatever reasons whether it had been Rocky being trash him trying to be a shady businessman it still rests at his feet because he did not get it done so ultimately all of these pitfalls rest at David Tepper you've made the right choice in the first step in firing Matt Rule because it now positions you to be able to get an experienced head coach you need to also again the GM to this point I've liked him he's not done anything that's been like yo why are you doing that 
But even if you feel like that's not something that you can relinquish all of the responsibility to, to allow him to just go forth and create that winning culture that he has the example to do so with, then you need to hire another GM. But you yourself, Mr. Tepper, need to move out of the way, hire experienced coaches who know how to implement and establish a winning culture within the National Football League and let them do their jobs or you will find yourself with a franchise that will not be supported by fans much longer. Big Cliff, ladies and gentlemen, Big Cliff, and y'all catch him on Fridays and Saturday evenings <laughs> out there in the Rock Hill area, moonlighting as a street Baptist preacher. Listen, uh, okay, <laughs> everything you got through all of that, and you still, then you still stole my point of the big sandbox that he left in Rock Hill, and uh, and the fact that he took a dump on the Rock Hill City of, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, with everything that they were anticipating and forecasting, and then just they saw dollar bills. That was high it. High and dry, and leave that big old sandbox out there um, in Rock Hill. So that yeah, but yeah, I appreciate the eight minute. Uh, <laughs> Bro, I told you this week that I, I it's it's been on my chest. Pause, and I I, I got to get it off, man, because like. I'm sick of it, bro. And there are so many fans. We'll talk about it in our new segment, Pulse of Panther Nation. There are so many fans that are excited, but to have consistently, oh, we're excited, but now we're let down again. Oh, we got so-and-so coming. Let's look at the bright side. I'm, I'm tired of reclamation projects at the quarterback position. You need to hire a staff that will get it right. And I know that that's the, the goal in each time that you're hiring staff, and that's everybody's goals. But Mr. Tepper cannot afford to get this one wrong because with the momentum so negatively swung in his side he has to get this right or it will cost him fans lifelong fans of the carolina panthers where he may not be able to recover as an owner and the panthers will cease to be profitable and that four billion or whatever it was uh, valuation that they had when he purchased them will soon find itself to be a lot less of a value and him trying to get rid of the same way that he's trying to sell that property out there in rock hill now for a discount He's going to be doing the same thing with the Panthers and or moving the Panthers to a different city. It's it's inevitable at this point. He cannot afford another failure, another miss on anything, not in draft picks, not in coaches, not in staff. He's got to get it right. So him and Jesus, him and whomever he prays again, to. Y'all. Listen, cuz I mean this, bro. Like, I'm so sick of it. Like, I at the beginning of this season, after week three was at a point where I was questioning my fandom as a Carolina Panthers fan. When we come on the show and have very little to say because it's like, I don't even know what to do at this point. It's like, what do you do? That's when you have games where there will always be more of the opposing fans in the stands than Panthers fans because we don't want to see that mess. I'm not giving you my money to know that y'all going to be trash. Not happening. All right. Dog don't even know where to go. Uh, I, I know exactly where to go. But go ahead there then. Steal. All right. I was just going to ask you. So, you know, um, Panther North, Carolina Panther North has been echo, um, has been rumored to be a landing spot for the number 22. And I say Carolina North, I'm talking Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills who do everything. They're, they're everything that we want, would like to be. You know they're everything we used to be. Literally, they're everything I, we I used know, to that's be. That's what I'm saying. That's why I call them Carolina North, rather, with that. But everything that we would want to be uh, down here as an organization. But they're rumored to be one of the potential landing spots for one Christian McCaffrey. When you see players like him, players like DJ Moore, even a younger 
J.C. Horn and stuff like that. And then again, they, they plan for an organization that doesn't really respect or doesn't. It's apparent that they don't or that they don't respect winning. Um, what is your mindset as a player? And, and is it a good chance that we are not going to see some of our stars stay in Carolina? I think those who are under contract don't have much of an option. And we'll talk about that. Actually, we can rock into that next. But those who are free agents, depending on it's going to be hinging on who they hire and if they get it right. And I think that's one of the only advantages of firing a coach at this stage. It gives you not only first pickings, but it on um, on uh, Fox Sports Radio or Fox, one of the Fox programs, uh, Coach Sean Payton was talking about how attractive of a job it is because you got a head coach who's going to be able to come in and definitely with a certain level of power, he'll have what is very quickly shaping up to be a high draft pick with at least three franchise-worthy quarterbacks that will be coming out next year. So as a coach, you'll have the opportunity to instill your culture, get a quarterback that you like, whether you, if the Panthers, let's say the Panthers, it wouldn't surprise me to automatically have a top 10 pick, but then package something else to move up and to get a franchise guy, maybe in the first five picks. You have a quarterback now that you can build with for the future, a defense that overarchingly is incredibly young and majoritively with the exception of, I think, a couple of the linebackers upcoming who are all pretty much under contract. Now, that's also going to be hinging on what trades are made, but you've got largely a lot, a good defense in, in, in place, an offensive line that can be patchworked into being a great one with a young anchor in Icky, who was just our first-round draft pick this year. So it's an attractive opportunity. It just has to be the right fit for coaching, and it has to be buy-in from the players. And so those who are here, if they get somebody, let's say if it's a Sean Payton, for an example, and I don't think Sean Payton, as much as he talks about it being attractive, I don't think Sean Payton would be coming in. I think that with whomever the coach is, if it's the right fit, let's assume, like I said, Sean Payton, there will be players who will buy in because they know he has that Super Bowl winning culture and will play for him. If you go and get uh, Bob Jones from ABC University, why has it got to be Jones? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but if you go and get Bob Jones from ABC University, no. If I'm a Carolina Panthers player, I'm out of here. If I'm Christian McCaffrey, if I'm DJ, if I'm any of these cats, I'm like, yo, trade me. Along those trade lines, with this very likely shaping up to be a, and I can't even say a rebuilding year, a fire dumpster sale, um, who do you think is the most likely Carolina Panther to hit the trade block? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Okay. I would love to say Christian, but with his health issues, there are a lot of teams who would be a little bit weary to give what would be the true value that would hopefully be reciprocated uh, in a contract or in a, in a trade for him. What I very much see more likely is our defense being decimated. If you look at Brian Burns, who is widely respected as one of the best pass rushers in the league, um, if you look at uh, now Jeremy Chan, Chan is a different situation because of his recent injury. But if you look at a Chin, if you look at it, like you mentioned, a J.C. Horn, who has proven that he's come back from his injury, even a Dante Jackson on the other side, all of those are pieces that if that defense is just almost there, um, it definitely, definitely can provide some added depth. Now, if you look at a Dallas Cowboys and imagine you've got Micah on um, one side and then you add 
Djack out there in the corner, or if you add Brian Burns on the other side, it's instant like boost to an already great defense. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see us be decimated with regards to the defense. I don't see them releasing too much of the offensive talent. You could see very easily a Robbie Anderson going to like Kansas City or in a bigger trade, DJ Moore going out. But players like Christian, I don't see being having the value that would be worth moving them. They've, the Panthers have already come out and say, hey, uh, we, we saw early on that there were reports that, oh, L.A. wants him. Oh, Buffalo wants him. They've already come out and say, we've not talked to any of them. We're not shopping him. No, y'all stop it. Now, we realize that that's probably worth, you know, the ink that you print on some newspaper. But at that point, it's what they're saying. So I'm, I guess I'm going to believe him at this point and kind of rock with it. But ultimately, players like some of those other other stars are the ones that I see moving. And if I had to pick one, like I said, defensively, Brian Burns would probably be the, the most likely target for me. But I'd love to hear from you guys out there. Tell us, who do you think is the most likely Carolina Panther to be traded? Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Now, just before we get off the NFL, bro, we got to look at the picks. Uh, how did you do with your record this this past week, man? Uh, I went 9-7, and seven, so I didn't make any kind of, any kind of you know, uh, progress because I believe you went the same. Yeah, all across the board, me, you, and Be Easy all went nine went and nine seven, seven, which was wild because you intentionally went across the went against the green with a bunch of the picks, and still ended up with the same record. Well, like the the ones that I did, kind of go against a couple of those hit, mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple games that I was just banking on, you know, uh, being whatever, you know, didn't hit, and and I looked at some of you you guys picks both you and be easy and was like um like i don't know about that one and you know it was just a, it was just a, again <laughs> just how it's reflected a game or two over 500 gotcha like, that's how it felt whenever we saw it on whenever i saw it on the front end but definitely thought that i would fare better uh it just stinks man something like the indianapolis game <laughs> and stuff like mm, that oh the ones that we really should have had yeah definitely so what does that bring you to for the season uh, still a little, so a lot, but no. Um, All right. Well, while you calculating yours real quick, be easy went yeah. nine and seven last se- last week, which brings him to seventeen and fifteen for the season. And then Jabai, I went nine and seven also, which brings me to forty eight and thirty two on the season. So, it's a few significant games above five hundred. I'm hoping that I could swing even more because I like a little to a lot when it comes to the wins and losses myself personally, but um. I'm, I'm liking some of my picks this week. I'm looking and seeing it. Be easy. Got a, a bunch of his similar, but um, let's 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 see what we yeah, can do with I'll it, man. Update my um, I'll update my total record here either on the Carolina Sports Talk page or because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm trying to carry the one. <laughs> Come on, bro. You're a class tonight, man. Do do better. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have some pride. Right. Have some pride. All right, so let's go ahead and with the pick them for week six. The week six is kicked off with the Amazon Thursday night football game featuring the Washington Commanders going up to Chicago to visit the Bears. Who you got in that one, Washington going up to the Bears? I would hate to see this be a, a rally for Ron Rivera game, but <laughs> I don't see the Bears losing at home. I'm going to reluctantly pick the Chicago Bears and I'm not excited to put my uh, 
stamp Jeff on them. Bezos owned. No, I'm not excited to throw on the Jeff Bezos owned Amazon Prime for this one. Not at all. That's funny. Yeah. Now, uh, be easy. Also selected the Bears and the I too am going with the Bears. I think Carson Wentz will probably scrape and scrap as much as he can, but that offensive line just is determined to get him beat up. I don't know if he didn't buy them watches or what, but. Yeah, they don't like that guy, and so I'm, I'm going with the Bears in this one also. Next up, Sunday's game start off with the Ravens visiting the New York Giants, red hot at 4-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it seems like Lamar Jackson, man, boy, I don't want to jinx that man. He's playing great football, and I just hope they take care of that man. Um, but I'm going to – and they're playing where at? In Meadowlands? Yes, sir. In New York, in New Jersey? I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the with the Ravens, kind of cooling the Giants off and, and and putting them at four and two. So be easy agrees. He also selected the Ravens to win, but I'm going the other way. I'm going Giants in that I think at home, knowing what's at stake for them, because if Cowboys knock off Philly and the Giants win, you work, you're looking at possibly a three way tie for first place in the in in the East. So. I'm, I'm thinking that's enough for the with the hard nosed football that they play in New York. I'm thinking that's enough to to go ahead and get that W for them. So Giants over the Ravens for me. Next up, the Jaguars visiting the Colts in Indianapolis, who by the skin of their teeth continue to win and get some get some dubs. Jaguars at Colts. Who are you going with? I want to go with the Jaguars. <clears throat> okay, you going Jaguars? Be easy. Also going Jaguars. I too am going Jaguars. It seems like. At some point, the Colts got to stop winning these lucky games. Next up, Patriots at Browns. Mm, that's going to be a, that's that's a Bill Belichick bowl right there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm going to go Cleveland. ahead and go with New England on the road at, at Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think so too. With what they were able to do defensively this past week, I'm locking it in. Shout out to Patriot Patty. All three of us going Patriots. Bengals at Saints in New Orleans. There was a Taysom Hill sighting last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned, I think Jameis might have gotten back to some like physical um, practices or whatever like that, I think. Yeah, but uh, um, your boy still redhead, the red shotgun still getting the start. Third time consecutively Andy since Dalton, leaving. Man, say his name, bro. Andy Dalton, third year consecutively. Yeah, boy getting fined. Listen, I'm smart. <laughs> Andy Dalton making his third consecutive start against the Bengals since being traded away from them. Yeah, that, that I think that plays a part. Um, I will go with Joe Burrow and the boys. All right, you're going, going Bengals? And taking a w. Yeah. Be easy. Also has the Bengals, so do I. Another clean sweep. Buccaneers traveling up to Pittsburgh to see the fighting Kenny Pickett. Bucks at Steelers. Right. Uh, with the home cooking <laughs> that Tom <laughs> Brady has gotten. He's probably taking his show on the road with the referees packed in his suitcase. I am going to. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers. Sorry, be easy. Yeah, because you know he picked the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> and I actually agree with you. I think Tom Brady, after seeing what Buffalo did to them boys, I think the Steelers are gonna be mad. So mad that this week they actually score six. Next up, Falcons hosting the 49ers. Shout out to the Falcons, man. And again, San Francisco is making their little East Coast tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they go in there and, and make a statement win uh, San Francisco. I got 49ers in that one. Yeah, so does be easy, and so do I. The 49ers have calculated the, the East Coast thing and the effects that traveling back and forth has had on their bodies, and so when they have multiple games back-to-back, they don't go home. And I think that is possibly one of the smartest things a football club could do. And so based on where they are, like when they played us and then now to the Falcons, they actually stay on the East Coast and travel and practice through at college stadiums here on the East Coast, so they're that much ready. I think they'll take care of business to the wounded and hurt Falcons. Next up, Jets going up to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Um, let's see here. The Jets have been playing great. Aaron Rodgers has not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and be stubborn and go with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> because you, sir, are a wise man. Be easy. Also pick the Packers, but so did I. Although they have had, um, and, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the season, the lowest statistical scoring season of Aaron Rodgers' career, um, I think that it's important to note that he's taking time with the wide receivers and allowing them to develop. I think as they continue to lean on their two backs, that the the, the Packers will slowly start to kind of roll into shape, although I do think there's another team that will win that division. But Packers clean sweep all the way around. Next up, Vikings going up to down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Speaking of who you would think is uh, probably going to take the division, um, let's see here. I would go as far to say that I have the Vikings in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to just go with Minnesota. All right. Way to steal my thunder. Absolutely. I do have the Vikings win in the north. But and to, to do so, they're going to take care of the oh, heartbroken head busting dolphins down there in Miami. Next up, Carolina Panthers traveling across the country with no coach and a dejected team to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Who oh, you got? Panthers Rams. This is going to be my third time officially this year going against the team that I root for routinely. The only difference is this time I'm not hedging anything. I'm just being what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What kind of man is you, bro? What I'm talking about is the Los Angeles Rams taking the Wait. house way against the Panthers. And the only reason, the only way that I'll give a Kanye house way this Sunday is if the Panthers leave with a W. <laughs> yeah, there is I like mean, 6% chance of that happening. Right. Don't get me wrong. They, you know, I've seen those type of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, kind of a moral and and you know a win that gets your your uh morale up and stuff like those type of wins happen in the past but i don't see it happening this sunday so watch this uh be easy also had or has the rams taking care of that one i'm gonna stop the music and i want to get you ready are you ready sir are you ready sir It's hot. It's hot. Hot takes. The Carolina Panthers will go to Los Angeles and beat the LA Rams. You heard it here first. Exactly. <laughs> now, I will say this. Here's why I, I really do feel like they have a chance. Um, when we look back to a faraway land, Last season, as a matter of fact, 
quarterback by the name of PJ took his talents for the Carolina Panthers all the way to Arizona in a time when the Arizona Cardinals were four and one tearing up everything in the NFL little short man scurrying away from them diaper changes and although Cam Newton did come back and that was an added wrinkle that they did not have to plan for PJ executed when given the opportunity to push the ball downfield he is an athlete who has supreme confidence and I believe I don't believe he's going to be great but I believe that based on the lack of footage that they have the Rams themselves are banged up enough that the defense that we have who could go if they go in there and say you know what screw it we ain't got no coach we mad and we're going to show you why we're still a team that people need to respect if they go in there and 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 are, and are able to fight we can win a game 12 to 9 15 to 13 or something now if it's a shootout we shout <laughs> but if it's a close game i'm going i'm going with the panthers and so i'm riding with my panthers Man. although i do have in parentheses the the rams will probably win I but you do that, by the way. But Aaron Donald is going to fold up Baker Mayfield like a lawn chair. Right. Well, Baker's not okay. starting. PJ's getting a start. Oh, right, right, right. PJ is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He ain't going to be able to catch yeah, him. Well, PJ, PJ's smart now. He's going to get out that pocket. We'll see. Let's move forward so we can get through this. The Cardinals going out to the Geno, the fighting Genos. Seahawks hosting the Cardinals at the 405 game. What you got? Be a good game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take. I'm gonna see if Pete Carroll's team can go ahead and get me a victory when I choose them, but I'm gonna go with go with the Seahawks on this one. I went with the Cardinals last week and they let me down. So be easy is going with the Cardinals, but I agree with you. Uh, it's something about Geno, especially at home. Um, C- Cardinals coming off a bad loss. I'm not impressed with them. They beat us. Woo! Everybody does. Uh, I'm going Seahawks uh, in this one. Now matchup I'm looking forward to and to start off some really really good games um, to close out the weekend. Bills traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. 425 kick. Who you got? Bills, Chiefs. Awesome, awesome matchup. I'm going to go with, um, I think, Josh Allen, uh, MVP form right now. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Clean sweep. We're all three going with the Bills. I, I fully expect it's going to be a good game. The difference is going to become down. Is going to come down to defense. We saw what the Raiders defense was able to do in the first half against the Buff against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think Buffalo's defense is even that much better. They're tenacious. And um, yeah, now nah, I, I, I don't see it working out in favor of the Chiefs. I think they fall to the Bills. And then in the Sunday night game, the game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys travel up to Philly to take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Who you have in that one? Um, I'm going to go ahead and yeah, I'm going to Moreau, Moreau dog, my, my, my Neo, my frat brother. Bark, bark, barkity bark. And well, and, and my dog Ashton, uh, Frank Lucas. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the Eagles on this one. Mm. I think that they remain undefeated in this. In this pivotal division game, there's honestly no rhyme or reason why I'm saying this because just as easy as they can win, I can see Dallas winning as well. But I think Dallas does Dallas things, and Philadelphia shows us why they're why they're undefeated right at the moment. I tell you, Dad, uh, Carl Winslow. I said hi, Hedgy Hedgy Winslow. All right, so in this one, be easy. 
Not at all. Listen, like I, I, said, had, I, I had to get I a see, shot. I, 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 and I, you, you should have saved it for something else. But I said, <laughs> I see Dallas doing Dallas things, meaning I think that they're going to Dallas it up. And what, it, Here's the thing. If by Dallas it up, you mean defensively. Dallas it up definition nowadays, yeah. Beat You're them right. down. You're right. I, <laughs> I, mean, I can see historical Dallas mess up mm-hmm. a good thing. Be easy and I are both going with the Cowboys. I think this defense is going to give Philly some looks that knowing them, having had the opportunity to play them twice a year throughout his whole tenure, they got something for him. Uh, and so shout out to the bros, but I, I really think that, uh, yeah, Cowboys over the Eagles. And then in the Monday night game, Broncos at the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers on that one. And that will be a smart move. I was going to say, I've done my best to put in my faith in the Broncos, and I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Russell Wilson is probably going to be indicted soon for the robbery that he committed to (laughs) against the Denver Broncos because he has taken all their money and done diddly, diddly, diddly nothing. So, yeah, clean sweep across the board. We are all taking the Chargers in that one. So we will see how we are able to fare when it when it comes to the pickums this week. Definitely excited for that. But next up, let's move on to a little bit of NBA, man. With preseason going on, um, similar to how in preseason football, you know you have a lot of scuffles going on in practices because folks play tired of bumping up against each other. They're ready to get start playing some real competition there was a little dust up uh in warriors camp man wasn't it yeah as the uh old saying goes i went to a fight and a hockey game broke out i went to a fight <laughs> and there was a nba practice that broke out um but no the information <laughs> leaked la- around last wednesday uh, right after of course aaron the uh our bullpen show um and just as a point of reference, real quick, I was saying give the guys a spell. That's what I was the, the what I was thinking as far as the the statement rather. <laughs> Call back. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> the news broke Wednesday Wednesday evening of a scuffle or altercation between Draymond Green and this is the timeline. Wednesday it breaks. It says Draymond Green and a teammate. We know how the internet is nowadays, and They're going to find in the sports it. world, yeah, sports world. There's a lot of loose lips, um, regardless. So uh, when it comes to these reporters, everybody wants to be that mm-hmm. that source of information, whatever it is. And you know, people that talk behind the scenes, nothing ever stays behind the scenes. So shortly after it was the headline was an altercation. Draymond Green has an altercation with teammate. Shortly after that, it's. Draymond Green had an altercation with Jordan Poole. Then shortly after that, and it, it was it was um, it was again rumored about what it was about and stuff like that. So at first, it, um, like the most believable thing to me again was the money situation. Is at that professional level, mm-hmm. you know, when you were Kobe Bryant punching Samaki Walker in the face over a hundred dollars and stuff like that. Like, or like if you're gambling on the team's plane, you know what I'm saying? If you're MJ or whatever like that, it's, it's a lot of big money talk and stuff like that. So with Jordan Poole about to get paid, I I thought the best, it was more, the, the best thing to think or the most probable thing was that it was something to do with money. I've heard different things. Right. Uh, as far as uh, 
that Draymond, I mean, that Jordan Poole was like, LeBron ain't even like that. And then he said, <laughs> and he said, You're not going to talk about my friend, that, man. That's, that's what set Draymond off, different stuff like that. But ultimately, uh, discourse and dialogue came out actually regarding what actually was talked about. And he was called Mr. Triple Single and, and things like that. Things of this, you know, of that sort. And then, if that wasn't enough, as far as all of the details being, uh, you know, uh, given out and stuff like that, the video leaks. Uh, it's so much worse Friday when this video. Or not. Yeah, you know, you know, it definitely is in this case, in the Ray Rice case, it was certainly. Um, but yeah, so the video leaks and it shows uh, like not just a scuffle, but a violent, violent punch thrown by um, Draymond pretty much slumping and, and sleeping uh, Jordan Poole, or, or at least just knocking him down, rather, where he catches him on the way down and um, does whatever else to him. Like, at the time, it, 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 it's, a, it's a type of vibe where he could be catching him to, like, you know, um, like, oh, dang, what did I just do? This is my bro. Nah, and he was like, getting him know, some more, bro. He was, he was lighting right, that body right. up. Uh, so... That's essentially what happened. So the, the video leaks. Um, there's been press conferences since and everything like that. And one thing that it does remind me of is that it's not always, um, they say it, it never rains in, in, in Southern California, but it's not always sunny in the Bay. And, mm. it, it, you know, wherever uh, there are, after, again, the callback as well, looking at the documentary, documentary regarding the Lakers, um, Whenever you have like these these you know teams that are championship teams, there's always you know it's 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 not gonna stay roses and, and peaches forever. There's something somebody's tired of somebody somewhere. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and oftentimes you get people that's like you know in the Lakers situation, they'd be like, man, I can't wait to leave Los Angeles. Or whether you're in the in executive positions or you're a player you know, there's things that they know that we don't know that help the team to get to the level of competition that the team is at. So, um, you know, strong, strong egos and strong personalities probably run through Golden State to get them where they have been. Right. And to establish that culture. Like, exactly. And, and the thing is, um, being a catalyst of the culture changing out there Draymond being one of the guys that have been a catalyst of that culture changing since the Monte Ellis days and stuff like that. Of course, Steph and Clay being the same, being catalysts for them. But with Draymond, your production and productivity on the court hasn't always matched up. There's a couple situations at the rim where a professional athlete should not miss certain point blank layups and stuff like that or, or different things like that. Mm -hmm. that you you know what I mean where it, it begs to question okay talent wise uh if I'm a Jordan Poole I'm younger I'm fresh and guess what I got just as much attitude and confidence that you guys got and that's the only way that I've gotten to the spot that I've gotten to you know or gotten this far as far as I've gotten so it's a tough situation out there um your thoughts on it before I give a hot take because I got a hot take mm. So basically, my thoughts are one of them got to go because um, ain't no way you can swing on me like that, steal me in my face, and we be friends, and let alone teammates after that. So uh, uh, 
I, I, I don't see there being any reconciliation, especially with the reports that there are there's going to be no suspension for Draymond, and he actually joined rejoined the team today for team activities. Um, there's going to have to they're going to have to decide: are they going to stick with the culture cat, catalyst, as you mentioned, mentioned, um, or are they going to look towards the future with Pool Party, who essentially is a dynamic young player that could take them into the next generation once these guys retire um i think it very well and very easily may come down to a decision on which one of those guys they decide to pick so um for me it, it was trash for draymond like and i understand being mad but that's your teammate cause, like i think back to me and uh, my lb donovan and how there have been many times that we want to get the blows and where we almost do but at the end of the day because that's my lb i'm not swinging on that man even if i grab him and we tussle that's what brothers do but like to straight off sneak me and, and hit me in my face like if i push you and you steal off on me nah you mean yeah, to hurt me you need to do me do do me dirty bro so nah there's 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 no friendship after that we're done was it a sneak though y- yes because there is no part of jordan pool like and i understand that anybody says well if any man walk up on you you got to be ready but there's certain like if i see you coming at me yeah you a man but you my dog I'm not expecting you to come like no that's the thing. I would my defenses would be slightly down because it's you. This is his teammate and we are at a team practice. And although like I said, brother scuffle, like I think he expected if he pushed him that maybe he would have gotten grabbed or something like that, which would have been understandable. But Draymond like straight went like left, like went straight street like nah, bro, I'm finna do you dirty. Stuck him on a sneak on a sneak tip and then proceeded to give body work afterwards. No, we're not cool. We're not teammates. I'm never passing you the ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now nah, there's no way that's going to work out. Yeah, so my hot take with the whole situation. Let's Uh-oh. go ahead and cue it up. It's hot. Hot takes. The Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. So there's a hot take and a fiery hot take. The okay. first hot take is the Golden State Warriors were the people that leaked the video in-house to have a reason to get rid of Draymond. That's a big deal. The super hot take is Draymond Green's PR team (laughs) leaked the video. Found a way to leak the video to give him away to get up out uh, of one way ticket to LA to play with uh, LeBron and the That's Lakers. a big deal. Matter of fact, not only is that a, a huge deal, bro, I got to get you. Uh, hot. Hot. Yeah, now you get, yeah, wow. Now, if either of those is true, because at the end of the day, it's facility practice footage. That's not from somebody's camera phone. That's from a stationary camera within their facility. Somebody with intimate knowledge of the operations gained access to that. My initial thought was that it was some stadium worker who had access, copied it, and then was like, hey, yo, Deadspin, hey, yo, uh, Worldstar, whomever, TMZ. Y'all boy got 50000 for me. I'll get you all this video. Boom. Now it's everywhere. But it very easily could have been either of those instances, bro, to – control the narrative on some Olivia Pope status. Wow. I'm with it. I'm, I'm rocking with it. So ultimately it comes down to the question. If for some reason, as I anticipate, there is a scenario where they cannot keep both of them, 
who do you think leaves Golden State via trade or whatever? Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say uh Draymond. Um, you know, and I hate to say it, but I, I think that the Warriors have shown the extent of their loyalty to him and ultimately with um with the new, no pun intended, the new pool of talent that they have <laughs> in Kaminga and, and these other guys, they, I think, you know, there's no, you know, people say there's no way to replace, you know, certain people and stuff like that. But at this point, ultimately, you know, Draymond said it in his press conference that there's things that he's got to work on and stuff like that. And it's like, dog, how many chances do you want? to get as far as for putting our team at risk of different things you exactly you, uh quite quite question i mean quite frankly may have lost us the the chip in 2016 mm-hmm. you almost oh definitely had he not yeah non-factor. no you you also made yourself a non-factor in this postseason by you know and and, and cloaked it with oh no we need to show them our physicality and had that whole physicality storyline um running for a couple of you know and that's not his fault but it was the 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 narrative that they painted that post game that particular post game oh we had to uh, make them feel us and it, we had mm-hmm. to give get back physical and it was like no it was Draymond let's let him loose get let him play sloppy and stuff and the whole oh the refs aren't gonna you know kick me out of the game because at a certain point, your head's getting too big, bro, and you need some kind of humbling, and, and you know what I mean? Why and is sending I, him I to L.A. humbling him, though? Why Why we got to deal with that? As if we don't got enough character. To send him there, I think that it, I think any move that gets made is, um, is a message to him that he's not bulletproof, in other words, and stuff like that. He wants Her. everything that he can get from Golden State while being unapologetically brash and and not controlling your your own faculty and not controlling your own yourself so i, I that, that that's not the way that that you operate with the jalen brown thing that happened he was quoted as saying i got kids I, my kids can't see another man stand over me or whatever like that and it's like dog right. What about Jalen Brown's kids and they hey. seeing that his basketball shorts getting pulled down or whatever as you getting up in his face? So it's it's a thing where, yeah, we all have baseline morals and principles, a foundation of morals and principles that we live by, but we don't use those things as excuses to act irrational and just be wilding out out here. Like you can't just do whatever because yeah, you just, feel like justify and, and justify it by saying, yeah, I'm a grown man. I ain't good. Come on, man. Come on. Because you're also dealing with other grown men. Now, I wholeheartedly agree that Draymond will likely be the trade. Um, but I think that the, 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 the Warriors would take it a step further and trade him to, I don't know, Detroit or Indianapolis <laughs> uh, or excuse me, Indiana, the Pacers, someplace where he can just go and quietly just be around or Minnesota send them send them to Minnesota they, they they like characters out there so let's send them out there but no I wholeheartedly agree we will definitely keep an eye on this to see if they're able to coexist and if not how long into the season before Draymond is traded 
So next up, we're going to talk a little HBCU football. Um, there was some drama out there, man. Uh, yo, I got a question. Though. Are you swack? Are you swack, bro? You're not swack, bro. Uh, and for those who may not be getting the reference, we are talking about the battle. Say again. I said, that ain't no thing. I'm CIAA. Hey, we all see how out this piece. E-U. Yo, so uh, no, Jackson State Tigers took on the Alabama Alabama State Hornets, defeating them 26-12 to in Alabama State's stadium. It was a big game for both teams, specifically for Alabama State, in that they were the traditional powerhouses down there in the SWAC with their head coach, uh, Eddie Robinson Jr., being the son of a legendary coach, also another SWAC coach down there at Grambling, taking on um, the Jackson State Tigers, who are very quickly becoming one of the more notorious programs in college football, not just in HBCU football, but in college football period because of their coach, Dion prime time Sanders. Um, But Jackson state squad is legit. He is littered with four, five and three star talent, much more than what some of those other programs are um, able to even attain to. But um, the game was a good game. It started off Alabama state going up early six to nothing, but by the half, it started to shape into a little bit more of what Jackson State looks to do. Uh, Shador Sanders himself finished 30 for 46 with 332 yards, three touchdowns, and only throwing one pick. His only third of the season, coupled with 19 touchdowns. Um, he is, by many people's consideration, uh, and I think name alone may get this for him, but he is considered one of the Heisman hopefuls. Um, it would go a long way for HBCU football to have a quarterback featured on the podium and or even in the city of New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. So uh, overall, Jackson State looks very much the part to continue on their rampage back to the National HBCU Championship. Um, what are your thoughts on the – well, and let's let, let me stop before I turn it back over to you. Let's not bury the lead. I started off talking about it. After the game, uh, Eddie Robinson Jr. was asked about his um, not shaking or not embracing, rather. He shook the hands – of Dion Primetime, but then met him with the what I like to call the Donovan Moten fist elbow hand to the chest, like, no, don't come no closer. Um, and when asked about it after the game, he mentioned, hey, I, he, we're not friends. He, he didn't come and shake my hand beforehand. Um, there was a play where his quarterback could have taken a knee. He had a second-string quarterback after Shador had come out, um, but he wanted to get him an opportunity to get some, some burn. They felt like that was a message of disrespect. And then after the game, he didn't even come straight up the 50-yard line as is customary. He said he took, quote, the scenic route to come to him. So at that point, I don't, I don't want to shake your hands. I'm not friends. Uh, but then took it a little bit further and said, I'm swack. I, I'm, I, he's not here. He's doing whatever he's doing. And talks about his players, gives all the players the acknowledgments, including talking about um, Sanders. It's the son, the quarterback, being a, a Heisman hopeful but then goes on a rampage about how Dion isn't swack, and that's not the way that they do things. You and I had a chance to talk about it off air, and, and it comes down a lot largely to a difference of whether you feel related to more related to the old school way of doing certain things as is tradition, as is heritage, and a lot of football versus what is constantly the change in, in, in the new era of NIL and all of these other things in a very changing landscape of college football. So, what are your thoughts on the you not swack and which way do you lean? Do you lean more towards the tradition and heritage of what college football has been and traditionally was for most of us? Or do you lean more so to what it's becoming now and where it's moving? Well, first and foremost, shout out to Eddie Robinson Jr.'s father. Definitely. He's one of the people that got me 
watching college football in the 90s and stuff like that, uh, especially black college football, had them on ABC and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So um, shout out to him. I can see definitely where the heritage and the uh, the passion comes from with, with Eddie Robinson Jr. whenever he says statements like that. But um, SWAC is what? Uh, Southwestern athletic. Atlantic? Yeah. Con oh, athletic conference. So let's take the, the C out of that. And Dion has put a G where the C should be. Hey, yo. Southwest <laughs> athletic guy that broke the swag to the swag. So I think that that cannot be understated and overlooked at all. Uh, the swagger, the notoriety, the spotlight that has been put on that conference is uh, it's a big deal. But it's, it's <laughs> again, you know what I'm saying? It's something that, that can't be overlooked or whatever like that. So, And then just the 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 optics of it is, is bad, of course. Everybody that's black, let's just go ahead and say that, that because I, I, I don't know other cultures and, and, and how they get down, but when you give a brother a pound, that embrace, that second part of the pound, the embrace, that's the real completion of the dap. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And like, again, with the Donovan Moten or the, mm -hmm. I, I, I have to do that to a lot of folks as well, or I have done that to a lot of folks as Who well. Who do you do it to? That's a message in itself. Uh, we're, we're, we're just with people I don't rock with. Exactly. So if this man not cool with no, you, you, you don't try to, you know what I mean? No, no, no. I'm, I, I understand fully exactly it happening. I'm just saying the optics of it, like everyone outside of the culture or, or our culture rather, mm -hmm. may not all the way get why that you know what I'm it's saying? Such a big deal. That shun was such disrespect, in other words, because the handshake happened, definitely. But, and, and again, that's why, you know, that was the inception of the physical part of, well, what, what, you're not messing with me? I'm, you know, and of course, you got security and, mm -hmm. and the police officers there, whatever, like that. Um, but, you know, it, I'm just, I'm just painting that, painting that uh, picture for some of the audience or whatnot that it means a lot, in other words, that that second hand embracing and wrapping around your back once you're completing the dap that that that, that just means a lot to takes it to the next level and see for me if this was big deal no thing it would be no thing for me because like you just said he just point blank telling him what it is now to those who may not know oh it's sure but honestly dog i don't rock with you you try to play me my team just lost i'm mad nah don't be coming to happen hugging me up for some optics so i got to be the good sportsman i will never be a good sportsman y'all I, I i like I'm, and I'm not even ashamed about that because I hate to lose and I've communicated it. Anybody who knows me knows it's like real life in every aspect of life. I hate to lose. And so if I just lost and I lost in a way that I feel like I shouldn't have and you put a little sauce on it. Yeah, nah, dog. You lucky I came across this field, period. But uh, shake my hand going about your business. You're not getting no photo op to continue to put the swag in the swag and all of that on, the, on account of me losing. Nah, bro. Get on through here and get out, get out of my face. Now, what I do believe is that this will... This only increases not only the profile of Jackson State, but it gives the Hornets the opportunity to say, hey, you know what we're facing up against, and if you're up for the challenge, I need players. I need men who are going to come and help me to shut these guys up. He can absolutely use even this in recruiting to, 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 to make some hungry guys a little bit that much more hungry. And so um, I think it overall helps not only the conference, but black college football as a whole. 
Now, next up, we want to talk about on the other end of the national championship from last year, the South Carolina State Bulldogs fell to FAMU in their home opener 20-14, to 14, dropping them to 1-4 and four on the season. Now, we know that they have played some pretty steep competition, including um, the South Carolina University of South Carolina Gamecocks. We know that they've also played UCF this season. Um, but games like this against – although – Fam is a good good team now with the three and two record. They got to win these games if they've got any hopes of staying alive in the MEAC and trying to make it back to that national championship game. What are your thoughts with the less than stellar performance um, of the South Carolina State Bulldogs moving forward? Uh, I I think that it just you know it's positive runs of momentum and stuff i think that this is kind of a negative run of momentum where you those those big games certain things that you haven't been able to um put into practice as far as closing games out and winning games and and you know and just in in performing in winning time and stuff like that and it's easier when you have been losing to continue to lose and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I hate that it happened for them in their home opener. Um, I'm questioning currently if I'm going to go down to their homecoming this, this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, you said it. I mean, it's, it does them no service as far as returning back to the big game. And you know, it, it just, it's, yeah, it's a game they should have won if, if they want to be in that conversation. It's not looking real likely for them right now. If we take a look at the MEAC standings, uh, Norfolk State is in first place, followed by Central, Dell State, Howard, and then at one, two, three, four, fifth place are the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Um, they've got a long road to go. Now, again, we understand that with their conference, it's based exclusively on conference um, wins, uh, and they're 0-0 right now in the conference. Norfolk State and Morgan being the only two teams that have played one another with Norfolk being in the lead, because at the end of the day, Central is four and one overall. Norfolk State is one and five. So if they win their conference, they they still have a chance. And so with the next slate of games coming up this week for homecoming, they've got VA Lynchburg, who they should hopefully, hopefully take care of in uh, short order. But then they jump straight into the conference slate from there, playing, as I mentioned, the four and one Central Eagles. Then they got Morgan State. Then they got Dell State and Howard and then Norfolk right behind it. And so if they're able to get their act together in time for these conference games that start, I think this VA Lynchburg, especially that it's homecoming, especially that it's a team that they should handily beat, um, they've got a chance. And so they'll they'll need to clean their acts up and, and play some disciplined basketball, excuse me, some disciplined football, but they've got a chance moving forward. Otherwise, we could very, very, very likely be seeing the last of Buddy on the sidelines at South Carolina State University. Now, there are some who feel like it already should have been and definitely will be his last games, and those are very loudly the same voices that are clamoring for Coach Barry, the head coach over at Benedict College, to come on over to South Carolina State and and see what he can do to take over that team. Uh, Coach Barry with the Benedict Tigers has been coaching some amazing football. He's got this team 
disciplined as evidenced by a 20 to three win over Miles College this past week in Columbia. Uh, bro, the game was not even as close as it is dictated, but the offense had some struggles. We mentioned it earlier in the NFL that when your special teams and your defense is playing at a higher caliber and just seem to be a step quicker than the other team, it's going to pay off dividends for you in the end. And so in this game, the offense really was struggling getting out of the box. Of the 20 points that were scored, 14 were given actually to the other side of the ball. The defense scored uh, a pick six, and we also had a 67-yard punt return by special teams. And so Benedict, again, they look good defensively. Offensively, even with the struggles, they're just a well-disciplined school, a well-disciplined team. Kendall Norman was the one, as I mentioned, with that 77 yards, excuse me, not 67, 77 yard punt return. And um overall, they're looking good. Sitting at 6-0, 4-0 in the SIAC with a big showdown with Albany State this this week in the East that very well could determine the East champion. So overall, what are your thoughts with the uh with the Benedict football tigers and Coach Barry possibly? Moving up, moving on up next season to the South Carolina State Bulldogs. So that's another homecoming that I'm gonna try. I'm really gonna be looking to make a, a plan or anticipating on making in, in about two weeks. October 29th, 2022 is going right. down um, Charlie Johnson right, Stadium right. in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. All right. And, uh, <laughs> shout out to the bros, of course. Uh, Bark, Bark. You know the head coach out there. I think. You know, a lot of my takes are non-sports related that although they're winning and stuff like that, they should change their little uh, chant to BC instead of, you know, they could just be like, you think, you know what wow. I mean? Just to switch it up from CU. That's, that's my one little shot because, you know, CU and BC, we have our little friendly rivalry state family, family rivalry. As yeah, well, yeah, you know what yeah. Because I mean? we cousins. But fighting family though, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, um, I'm 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 happy to see honest in in all seriousness. I'm happy to see uh, them perform. It's uh, you know a, a testament to Coach Barry, but also just um, they're they're doing what we are saying about these other programs. They're winning the games that they should win, mm-hmm. and then while doing so. You actually learn how to win close games whenever close games come up, or you learn how to close out games in crunch time when you need to and stuff. So um, definitely shout out to them. So in the black college football rankings, Benedict has been raised uh, to the number six team in the country. When looking at the Division Two overall rankings, they are now the 24th ranked team in Division Two. It's a good look for the team. I am excited to be able to be a part of it. As many of you guys know, I am the voice of the Tigers. I am the stadium announcer for the Benedict College Tigers. And just every week, despite not having a whole bunch of fans, and this is a shout-out to the fans that come on and pull up to uh, Charlie John, to Charlie W. Johnson Stadium, uh, the next and last home game is going to be homecoming, as I mentioned, October 29th. So if you are anywhere in the Columbia area, um, or anywhere in the Midlands overall, and you want to see what a good football team looks like, a well-disciplined good coached team with some excitement come on pull up to the stadium for homecoming october 29th and check out the bulldog excuse me the tigers of benedict college because again they're excited they're exciting to watch um john lampley they as they're still running a two dual quarterback with lampley and phoenix um and 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 it's it's still a fresh and 
kind of fluent offense, even with the changing of the quarterbacks coming in. Um, good football out there. So definitely come and check them out on the 29th during homecoming. You can check out the tickets at www.benedict.edu. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for HBCU football. Bro, the baseball playoffs are in full swing, man. Um, our Yanks are looking like they're doing some damage. Welcoming in the Cleveland. Um, they're not the Indians anymore. What are they? The uh, the Guardians. The Guardians uh, taking care of business in that one. But uh, let's go ahead and get the folks a little bit of rundown of what the postseason looks like so far, the postseason picture. Yes, sure. Um, shout out to uh, all of the um, shout out to Queens first of all, right? Shout out to Flushing Queens more specifically, a land that I used to run wild in those streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Before a young lad moved down to North Charleston, I was a young child running wild, Flushing Queens. But so shout out to all of the all of the my people from Queens and everybody that's Mets fans in general. But uh, the Mets had to go. They had to hit the road, Jack. Um, and it, it, it stinks because they were just over a month ago, probably in, in position to really make a strong run in the playoffs. With that being said, they were ousted by the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Who, Two to one. Many remember they bolstered up their roster in like the middle of the season. And noteworthy enough for us to speak about it on air mm-hmm. before um, we be talking about baseball too <laughs> right with the changes that they made so um you've got the padres right now they're down one as far as in this series they're down one nothing um and they play this evening but they're down one nothing to the los angeles dodgers um who i believe boasts the best record in baseball right now with like 111 wins or something mm-hmm. like that but um so we, we've got that and um in that series again you've got on one hand the young firepower and talent of what they what the padres did in the off season and everything like that and then on the other hand you've got you know the magic johnson la dodgers the starbucks and all of that <laughs> stuff so um yeah, so we got that. We got the Phillies and the Braves in more of a blue collar type of matchup, um, and they're playing right now. But the Phillies lead that series one to nothing. Um, so that's the NL, the the National League. Let's go ahead and go through some pickums with them, and then we can get to the American League. But who do you see coming out in in this division series and and taking over in that Phillies Braves series? With Phillies Braves, I'm definitely going to go with the defending champs um, that being this close to Atlanta and knowing just the pitching that they've got, having locked up their young ace to an additional five years recently. Um, I'm, I'm liking what they're doing out there in Atlanta, and I, I would love to see them go back-to-back. So I'm, uh, I'm actually going to go – let me rephrase that. From the east, <laughs> I'd love to see the Atlanta Falcons take it all the way. So I'm going to go with them over the Phillies as well. Um, definitely want to give a – huh? Did I say Falcons? Even though I meant Braves? That's how enthralled you are with football right now. <laughs> Listen, yeah. NFL is king. What you want me to do? Shout out to Carolina Sports Talk episode two weeks ago. But no, the... the, the sorry, and I really almost said it again. <laughs> the Braves <laughs> are, 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 are definitely going to be my favorite for that one over uh, Philly. But I definitely want to give a shout out to Albert Pujols, who after Philly swept the St. Louis Cardinals two to nothing 
uh, played his final game in Major League Baseball. So shout out to bro. Um, I would give him an end of the road. But we've already done one for the episode. So just thank you for all that you've given to baseball. Thank you for all right, of your amazingness, man. For the yeah, you know what? We can we can get a little, little applause for my guy real quick. If the boy want to act right. <laughs> shout out to a legend, man. Um, quickly, yes or no? First ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes, um, I agree. Done all that he can do, and uh, yeah, your your job here is done. Good work. Shout out, uh, humble servant. Um, but yeah, no, I've got the Braves in that series as well. Okay. Um, let's go to the Padres Dodgers uh, series. Who do you got? Well, I'll go first in that one. I, okay. I like the Padres in that one in the upset or in hmm. a, in an underdog role. Uh, but yeah, we shall we shall see how that plays out. Who you got? I'll say this: I if um. If the suspensions that have happened throughout the year didn't happen and cripple, I say cripple, but slightly disarm the Padres, I would also be leaning towards them. But the Dodgers are, are just, their bats are way too active right now. And so I'm going to go uh, L.A. and I'd like to see an LCS Atlanta with L.A. Okay. And then over in the American League, we've got the Mariners uh, and the Astros where Houston leads that series. Well, the the cheating Astros, the Asterisks. <laughs> um, but um, where they lead that series one to nothing. And uh, we also have the Cleveland Guardians playing against the Yankees. The Yankees are leading that series right now one to nothing. So let's start off with the Mariners Astros series. Uh, who do you got in that one? It's funny. You call them the asterisks, but I think this year they were driven more so as a result of that. Everybody discounted and essentially threw away and an asterisk their previous World Series championship because of what they did the advantages that they used to get there. I think they were still talented. Even now they are an incredibly talented squad and they are out to prove something. They, they feel like they were slighted and they want to say, we did it the right way. We're still doing it. I'm, I'm going Astros in this one over Seattle. What about you? Which way are you going in that one? Um, I definitely, uh, I, I I hear you and I respect everything you said. <laughs> However. And I no, no, I'm I'm actually gonna agree with you. I um you know, Houston is um they're a strong organization and, and have been for about five years. They bounced back from the older Houston Astros that we used to know with the Jeff Bagwells of the world and stuff like that, and they have kind of had their own identity these last couple of years and had and played consistent great baseball. So I I'm gonna go with Houston in this one. And I just do want the opportunity to play them again and um, and kind of right that right wrong. Right that wrong. Absolutely. All right. And then the top one, uh, the Yanks versus the Guardians. Who do you have? Come on, bro. That's like, the, it's like asking be easy. Um, Who he got in a Philly cheesesteak or one of the Pittsburgh. Yeah, whatever they cook out there in Pittsburgh. Come on, man. Yeah, I got the, the Yankees, man. Pinstripe blue all day. I'll go to the Yankees blindfolded into a fire any day. So um, I, it's an obligation for me at this point. There's not even any analytics to look at and stuff like that, even though I believe that we're better on paper um, than, you know what I'm saying, the Guardians. And um, I'm, I'm still, you know, I need a path to the World Series at this point. So go Yankees. I don't think there's any question or any need to even wonder. Yankees. 
New York, New York, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yanks, let's go, man. It's our year, man. Like, really, come on, man. You mentioned it uh, last week or recently when we talked about it, or even might have been last week when I wasn't there. Um, John Carlos Stanton is still on his team. But you hear very, and I, and I say that looking at his jersey hanging up in my closet right now, but hey, hey, here come the judge. I think the bats of the Yanks are alive and well at the perfect time. Our pitching is clutch, having been able to move several of our regular year starters down into the bullpen will give us an edge that I think this is the year that we finally, finally don't have to lynch uh, Cashman and go ahead and get this pennant, man. It's, it's been a long time coming, especially saying that for a Yankees fan. But, uh, yeah, Yanks, Yanks all the way, man. Let's go. So, ultimately, we will update. Uh, I know we don't spend a whole lot of time on baseball, and if you don't like it, let us know. Hit us up at, uh, on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net, and tell us what you want to hear, and we can talk about it a little bit more. So, next up, just before we transition to our new segment, We've got a little bit of mail for you guys. If I can hit the mail button. You've got mail. So our mail this week comes to us from a friend of the show, one of our cousins, Yoshi in the building from the radio, from, excuse me, from the Relationship Status Podcast and from Eggs, Grits, and Ignorance. Uh, he sends us a video email this, not video, but an audio email. Uh, and so... Without further ado, let's hear from my man, Yoshi. Hey, what's up, Big Cliff? DJ Hostar, the best sports show in America, Carolina Sports Talk. It's your boy, Yusuf, in the building from Relations Dads, Ace Grits, and Ignorance. Now, you know, I could, I, I kind of wanted to call, start this off by gloating over my Giants, but we'll wait till the end of the season for all that. Hopefully, you'll invite me back. Now, to your Carolina Panthers. It's obvious your owner doesn't know what he's doing, but I'm not going to get into all of that. My question to you is, the two of you, A, who do you think the next coach should be, right? And B, I think that the next coach should be uh, Eric Bieniemy, um, assistant coach of Kansas City Chiefs. So you guys, I can't wait to hear the episode. Keep up the good work. I can't wait to be back on. All right, y'all. Holla. Shout out one more time to our guy, Yoshi Youssef in the building, my dog. We appreciate you. And again, if you guys have a video, excuse me, an audio file that you want to record and send to us with any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. So, DJ Highstar, uh, I'll, I'll jump on this one first. I think that the next coach of the Carolina Panthers should be a coach who is ex- <laughs> has exuded experience and has that winning culture and establishment under his belt. I like the pick. I like being me. I think that he can potentially possibly to be a good coach in the NFL. I don't like him for Charlotte for the same reasons that I mentioned earlier. We need that a proven head coach. And for that reason, I am going with the fact that David Tepper should select Brian Flores as the next coach of the Carolina Panthers. It's proven what he was able to do with Miami, who was for a long time bumbling, stumbling, rumbling franchise. And we see with quarterbacks that they can, when they can keep their quarterbacks from getting concussions, they're able to do the right things and get good, good things and results as a result. So 
Um, I think Brian, Brian Flores would be an amazing head coach for the Carolina Panthers, and I think that Sue Tepper should go after next. What are your thoughts? I uh, certainly agree, uh, actually, and I don't want it to seem in any way that, um, you know what I mean, just, just going with that choice because you picked him. But I think Brian Flores is an awesome choice. He's, mm-hmm. again, um, got thrown the, the – uh, the proverbial bone raft like as far as oh. what, what mike tomlin did for him for yeah threw a bone to him yeah got, got yeah you know what i mean and then kept the kept the guy employed and stuff like that but he's definitely ready for the opportunity i love um the things that miami could not provide for him i think charlotte does as far as location um culture and things like that like don't get me wrong audience i, I hear what i'm saying and 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 it's just, I think Miami, just Miami is prime for corruption, if you will. And uh, you know what I'm saying? The sports teams out there are definitely money driven. And although we are the third uh, banking, you know what I mean? Uh, largest banking city or whatnot. Um, I think the the blue collar fans that are out here in, in Charlotte and in Carolina, both north and south, can actually appreciate a guy like Brian Flores, mm-hmm. can appreciate some hard work and some actual integrity in their football team along with winning. So um, that that's actually my 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 short pick. And I think Bienemy, I think you might have mentioned him earlier this season, um, Big Cliff, as far as like a, a possible, you know what I mean, uh, coach out there or whatnot. But I, you know, I I like Brian Flores certainly. Yeah, and I think you hit on something that's going to make him an even better fit for and, and And honestly, I hadn't considered it until you said it. Not only does he have that experience, not only is he a hard nose, but here in the Bible Belt that is North Carolina, I think that he will go a long way with some of those conservatives to say he's a guy that's willing to stand up and be an upstanding. I, I read comments on Facebook where there were some folks who were saying, well, we need the culture of all of the uh, back-to-back winning man of the year awards. And when we had just really great guys in the city, great guys is cool. And, and, and great guys who are great athletes, even better. So if you can get a great coach, who's a great guy, all means go for it. I think that he will, he will do that. Ultimately we need a winner. We need someone who is about that culture. I don't see Flores coming here and bending or yielding on anything that he believes will be contrary to winning culture and so he's the type of guy that we need. We don't need nobody that's pliable. Somebody that's going to be just a mouthpiece for David Tepper. We need somebody that's going to come and stand up and step against him and say, listen, that's not the best thing for this football team. We need to be doing X, Y, Z, ABC, and I'm standing by that. So you need to change what you're saying, and let's do this. Ultimately, that's the only thing that will change the culture. That's the only thing that will align us to a winning culture and get us where we need to be. So definitely one more time, shout out to my guy, Yoshi, in the building, my dog, my boy, my friend. I appreciate you, bro for that email so next up we are debuting um a new segment here i don't have a, even have a sounder it's so new pulse of the panther nation i'm thinking something with like a beep beep something along those lines but we wanted to hear from you guys the the carolina panthers nation those who have been faithful those who have been true to the black and blue yo i'm a poet all day today and you know what i'm saying and i didn't even know it but nonetheless we, we wanted to hear from you and so we got some of you guys to send in everybody else will have that opportunity whether it be through social media whether it's uh, hitting us up on the carolina sports talk line but panther nation we want to hear from you and so with that pulse of the carolina 
excuse me, Panther Nation. Pulse of the Panther Nation debuts now. So without further ado, our first pulse comes from none other than our Panthers reporter, Mr. Eric Tyner. What's up, Carolina Sports Talk Nation? I just want to give a shout out to Cliff for asking me to do this little segment. I appreciate it. Want to get on a Matt Rule here? Uh, hey, uh, hey, buddy, you out of here, dog. Um, you brought this on yourself. With all due respect, uh, Matt Rule, I feel, is a great coach. He's a great college coach. And as a person, I feel like he's a great guy. But uh, you could tell here um, this season that he's felt the pressure that uh, fans and um, I'm sure David Tepper has put on him as well. You know, I, I just don't think this was the right time for Matt Rule. I think he tried to bring too much of college into the NFL and it just didn't ever work. He tried to run an NFL organization like a college program and it just didn't work. So uh, good luck to him. I hope he finds a great job back at the college level. He can go do his thing where he where he can shine the brightest. But with the Panthers, it, it just Matt Rule is not an NFL coach. Um, to the fans, we, we got what a lot of us were asking for, and that's for Matt Rule to be gone and for the Panthers to get a brand-new head coach. Here it is. We're getting a brand-new head coach, and we might get to whether Steve Wilkes becomes the interim and takes over as the new head coach from here on out, or if we get a new one, another new one at the end of the season, uh, we're getting a new head coach. Uh, along with that, <laughs> we're probably looking at a whole nother rebuild. Um, but look for a lot of our talent to probably get traded away throughout the season before the deadline and um, going into next year as well. Um, so I don't know, people, some people like Christian McCaffrey or Brian Burns, they could be out the door soon too. So uh, I don't know. Matt Rule being fired at this very moment, I'm kind of iffy on. I'm 50-50. Part of me's happy. Part of me's sad because I know this is going to prolong the rebuild even more. I don't really know. That's really all I have for right now. Thank you, everybody, and keep pounding. Once again, we want to give a shout-out to our guy, Eric, man. But High Star, he made a lot of good points, I, I think, because that college experience did not pay dividends for him and his scheme and or – approach to NFL it's indicative of what we need here in Charlotte and what we should look forward to in a next coach thoughts now I certainly agree um and the main thing or the most important thing Eric mentioned is the the fact that we got to prepare ourselves for um that this thing won't be overnight in other words as far as success in Carolina is going to take groundwork and stuff like that and it may take losing a couple of uh fan favorites and, and, and things like that so um, shout out to Eric as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So next up, we've got a comment coming in from Rolandis Breland, former South Carolina State football player, our homeboy, frat brother, good good guy all around out there in Atlanta. Shout out. So let's see what Rolandis had to say. Thank you, God. He's about it. I had faith at the beginning of the season. I did. But even after game one, I was like, man, here we go again. It just don't make no sense. Like, the talent on that roster, that, nah, that ain't right. I said, I'm happy he's gone. I knew Snow was going behind him. That's his boy. He, he said he never left. he never been to a um, job without him, so you know he was going. My top candidate is not. Well, Steve Wilkes there, he can hold it down. Let's load him up, give him what he need, and let's roll. And if not, give me Leftwich, Flores, the enemy. Hey, if Sean Payton want to come back, throw the bag at Sean Payton. Maybe get endorsing, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm good. Finally. Thank thank you, Carolina, for doing something 
positive. Thank you. Keep pounding. Shout out to Bounce, man. So a couple of the names he dropped, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with. We, he mentioned the left witch and the Dorsey. I see them, but again, that lack of that experience at the head coach position, although they've been coordinators, although they're good at their jobs, we need some experience, somebody who can hard nose come and establish that culture. What are your thoughts on what Bounce said? Yeah, shout out to my dog Bounce. Um, definitely my uh, my sans, but um, I um, no Bounce might have came in 07. but nevertheless, um, still my dog, um, and eternally my sans. He knows what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, yeah, I mean, great points, and and also the the options that that he brought up as far as people at head coaches. All of the guys that I was thinking of when uh, at mail time, whenever we were answering Yoshi um, and Byron Leftwich names keep, you know, continues to come up. And, uh, you know, unlike you, uh, I mean, in a great in a perfect world, of course, we want somebody with, with uh, a history of winning at the head coach position and stuff like that. But I definitely see uh, Brian Leftwich um, and the enemy both, excuse me, as formidable um, and, and, you know, worthy um, candidates for the job. And see, I, I don't, I don't want to knock either of them, and I respect both for what they've done and even the potential that they have. They're not good fits for Carolina with our current situation, considering who our owner is and what he wants to do. If either of them were to go to a Dallas to take over in Tampa, to take over in one of those situations where even in a, a, in a uh, Cincinnati where there is a, but a lot more that's established and the culture is there, then yes, absolutely. I see them being able to flourish not currently with what we have and where we are. You need somebody like if you're going to build a house, you don't get somebody who's used to building trailers. You get somebody who knows how to build a house that's going to be able to stand. So next up, we've got Lysandra Robinson calling in lifetime Carolina Panthers fan. It was time for Matt Rue to go. I think the Panther organization made the best decision, especially based on the last season or two. So I think it's time for us to rebuild and restructure and get back to great Panther football short and sweet and to the point let's get back to great Carolina Panther football I mentioned it earlier we have the possibility and we know what Bank of America Stadium looks like when you have a team that will win and now granted I know that the 2000 the 2015 season was lightning in a bottle but if you look at what that stands look like the ticket prices it was the most profitable that this team has ever been but it was also the last time we went to a Super Bowl. It was also the last time that you had players on the field that cared about the stands, that cared about the fans in the stands, and cared about the outcome and the out product, the product that they were putting out. So I definitely stick with what she says, and, and I think it's important that we need to get back to just winning ways and establish that culture. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, it's the same kind of what we've been echoing um, all show, but definitely it, it, it starts with uh, – with getting used to winning, are we too used to taking losses and stuff like that? And it surprises us when we win nowadays. And that, that, that irks me and annoys me, um, you know, uh, to, to no measure. So I think, yeah, we definitely have to get back to the winning ways as she put it. Definitely. Definitely. Next up, we've got a friend of the show family to real life to yours. Truly big cliff. Um, cause old Jason, the frozen poet, the frozen Panther dropping in to hit us a line. What's up, Carolina Sports Talk family? This is Hulk721 of Hulk721 Sports, also known as the Frozen Panther for everything Carolina Panthers related. So we saw this a mile away. 
Matt Rule was not going to make it through the season. I'm just a little shocked that it happened as early as it did, but it makes sense. 11:27 speaks for itself. Glad to see Steve Wilkes at the helm. Hopefully he can either make the best out of this for him to get the job or for him to get a better job or I can say a better job, but another job elsewhere. I'm a little concerned about the removal of Phil Snow. Seems like the defense was good, but I'm sure there's a reason behind it we'll learn a little bit more about. At the end of the day, I just want to see better Panther football. I think the decision was right. We did what we needed to do. But I am concerned about some of these glaring needs, and I want to know what the plan is moving forward. And that's one of the things that has to be implemented. If you listen to the press conference with the, uh, with Mr. Ster- yeah, with Mr. Tepper, he wasn't very forthcoming with regards to the steps that led up to the dismissal of Matt Rule. He just simply said he felt like it was the time. Um, transparency will help. It's not necessary. But again, if your interests are putting forth a product that's going to win and allowing the fans to continue to celebrate your team and support your team, then you, you transparency will help and go a long way. But if not, put a product out there and we'll still come in and support. Um, but definitely you need to have some type of winning culture established um, with regards to the Phil Snow. As he mentioned, Phil, as uh, Bounce mentioned, everywhere that Matt Rule has gone, Phil Snow has also gone. He's a, he is a disciple. He's his friend. And you didn't you don't want anybody, whether it's an interim coach or whether it's the next head coach, having to deal with insurrection and or some uh, him and hawing and having to look over his shoulder and kind of watch his back the whole time. So that's one thing that's definitely uh, a reason for the Phil Snow thing. But ultimately, I, I agree with the frozen poet. We want to know what's going on and we want to get back to that same winning culture that so many of these fans have been talking about and that so many of us throughout Panther Nation really need. We're ready to see that winning caliber of football. So along those lines, what are your thoughts, bro? Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that he said uh, is very important is that we need a um, a plan um, and, you know, just to have a, some kind of plan of action that's going to um, transform this thing or whatnot and turn it around. Absolutely. So we've got one more uh, caller, uh, one more pulse of Panther Nation coming all the way from Columbia, South Carolina with Miss Nicole T, member of the Roaring Riot, the Cola Riot chapter thereof. Let's see what she dropped in on us. Now, I am not a football guru, but what I do understand is that change was needed because we were not growing on the football field, and I think we have a lot of talent that was not being exercised. Now, I don't think he should be the only one to go. I think we may need to look at our offensive coach um, for plays that are not being um, capitalized on, and I know that we can do a lot better than what we're doing as a team. We just have too much talent on our team to not be putting something on the scoreboard. So if Matt had to go, then he had to go. It was time. We were not getting any better. We were only getting worse. And I think it was owed to the fans that a difference or a change needed to be made before you really lost a lot of money and a lot of fans. And that's the thing. You lose fans, you lose money. And so we definitely, if, you, if you're not giving us a product that we want to support, then no, it is absolutely time for there to be the changes. We've, we've heard a lot of echoing sentiments and or thoughts really amongst all of those who have chimed in. And we definitely want to thank each and every one of you guys for being a part of the inaugural Pulse of Panther Nation. But the not utilizing the talent, not living up to the level of talent that we have on the field, not being motivated, not seeing the direction, not knowing what the plan is. It's it's something that has caused a lot of fans to really, really be ready to give up on this team and to, again, make them not be a profitable franchise moving forward. So, David Tepper, if you are listening, when you listen, 
know that your Panthers fans are ready for winning. We are ready to see the next level of evolution for this franchise. We've got the talent. We've got a fan base that, although many consider us to be fair weather, if you put out a product that's worth it, if you give us the motivation or something to stand behind, we will absolutely be there, ready to continue to keep pounding. So, Mr. Tepper, it's in your hands. What are you going to do with it? Um, well, that's going to wrap it us wrap it up for us this week. If you are interested in being on the pulse of Panther Nation moving forward, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. You can also hit us on social media at so at CarolinaSportsTalk.net, Facebook and Instagram. Also, coming up soon, we waited a little while to debut it, but yours truly uh, and DJ Highstar, we will be coming to you live once per month in a video showcase available live on Facebook. So we are excited, excited, excited about it. Um, coming to you, you guys have been asking for it, so we will be dropping that next, that first one coming up in just about a month. So keep your eyes open for the uh, promotions for that available on all of our social media. But we definitely want to continue the pulse of the Panther Nation with you live, giving you that opportunity to ask your questions, to to, to voice your feelings and emotions outbursts whatever it is to hit us up directly and live so we will be previewing that live on our facebook page carolina sports talk facebook so i'm excited about it high star what you thinking man you you ready to go and let the people see these beautiful faces of ours we'll pause on that but um yeah i mean i definitely think that it'll be a lot of fun a great way to um you know to catch some of the nonverbal uh facial expressions and um (laughs) and looks that i actually you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> be making throughout the show um but yeah definitely um and shout out to homecoming season it's homecoming season out here man so real quick before we go um i know this has been a pretty long episode and we appreciate you rocking with us but in uh we're gonna have a nothing to do with sports segment today um that truly in fact has nothing to do with sports i didn't even prep my dog on it so this is news to him but bro in a former show that you and i did we used to talk about a munchie segment where we had a snack of the week type situation going on and so I'm wondering, is there anything that you've been lunching on this week and there are any kind of anything that's been kind of sticking out to you? No, no. But <laughs> I mean, now that you said I am very, very hungry right now and uh, you know, I have to take care of that somehow. But yeah, no, no, I, uh, not anything that I can think of offhand. So, bro, I've been rocking with some with a weird cereal combination, man. Um, the Post O's. Formerly known, I think, as Honey Bunches of O's, but um, the O's cereal, along with Waffle Crisp cereal. And so I'd use that combination, and I thought back to some of the previous combinations that I had, and this one is by far the best cereal combination of two mm. cereals that you wouldn't think would go together. But, like, Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes be bussing together. Um, I've had a little Raisin Bran sometimes with a little Apple Jacks type situation. But, like I said, this one was by far the best, like, blended cereal and so that got me to thinking i know dj blaze uh radio show podcast would be easy and them had the cereal wars not long ago which was the best cereal and then they did one also with the music but i want to know what your favorite combo of cereals are so shoot us in a line in the, in the hit uh on in the inbox cliff at carolina sports talk.net let me know what is your favorite cereal combination so definitely excited good show today bro anything you want to holler at the people before we go yeah, no, shout out to the cereal combos, though. But no, um, you know, just, uh, you know, keep pounding, I suppose, or whatnot. Listen, keep pounding, though. That's that's all I got to say on it, too. 
We want to thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up to be a part of the show on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or hit us up on social media at Carolina Sports Talk, Facebook and Instagram. Or to be a part of the show, the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk, talks back. Thank you again for listening, and until next week, peace.